Welcome into 300 Yards to Unknown. And today, it's Ryder Cup talk. And there's only <laughs> one man that I would want to bring in to pick a Ryder Cup team. And it is this man right here. It's Kyle Porter, KP. Welcome to your uh, maiden appearance on the pod. Thanks for joining. Well, Tom Watson was unavailable, so I, I'm, <laughs> I'm filling in for him. No, we, we were just talking about this. I feel like, so two things. One, well, I get, I get a bunch of things. One, it's been a ton of fun to do uh, the First Cup podcast with you at CBS, and I think that I think that, that has been, I don't know, it's been, I was hosting it before, it was, it was, it was, I was terrible at it. You've been great at that. It's been, it's been a lot of fun. Two, I have a bunch of friends who, we're kind of following you independently and we're like, Oh, you, you know, Rick, like, this is great. I'm like, yeah, this is great. It's great for me for sure. And then three, I, I want to know, and this is a serious question. I don't understand how you keep everything straight. I see you doing this. I see you. I mean, obviously I see you doing the first cut. You're at GolfDigest.com. You're on CBS sports. I mean, there's just, yeah. there's so many different things that you're doing. How do you organize all of it? And, 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 and really like, <clears throat> not talk over yourself because sometimes i'm like well i said this over here and i said that over here how, how do you how do you make that all mesh together yeah so first yeah thanks uh and so i guess i guess uh seriously uh, i'm like a google calendar power user right so like yeah. organization is key having everything timed out like when jacob sends the first cut schedule that's in there so i know i'm not stepping on anything but like yeah i, I think the hardest part is because i don't want to be the guy who also loves Rory on Monday on this podcast and hates him on Tuesday on yeah. this one, right? Like my yeah. thoughts, they, they, they do evolve over the course of the week, you know, Monday as I'm Sunday, Monday, as I'm kind of doing research. And then as I start to talk to, uh, you know, to you and to Greg and to Sia, you know, my thoughts do tend to evolve. So it, it ends up being this, a bit of evolution, but yeah, I, I can't empty the chamber all the time or else I would just be saying the same thing everywhere. Yeah, kind of you've, you've picked like by Thursday, you've picked 70 guys to win the right. US Open, you know, like right. that. sometimes that's how I feel. And I'm not even doing, you know, close to the the at least the number of different places that you are. So I, it's it's super impressive. And I'm I, uh, I certainly admire it. Well, thank you. And uh, today uh, this is where I basically seed seed the show to you. We get rid of. <laughs> Steve, Steve Stricker, uh, he gone because KP, we are six weeks out from the Ryder Cup. So first of all, can you believe we're six weeks out from the Ryder Cup? It's crazy. It's been so, so long since we've had a Ryder Cup. I mean, you think back to, I mean, the last Ryder Cup was before Tiger won the Masters, which I think is the, is the best way to kind of contextualize it because that feels like forever ago, right? Tiger, Tiger beating Finau and Brooks and DJ on that Sunday at Augusta. And the writer, the last Ryder Cup was six months before that. So it's just, it's, it's crazy how long it's been, but it's also crazy that it's almost here. You know how I feel about the Ryder Cup. I'm curious about how you feel about it. Cause it's not, you know, it's not a DFS gamble. It's, it, it's right. not a fantasy play. It's, it's the Barracuda is more yep. set up for fan. Well, that was probably a bad example. <laughs> oh, yeah. I, well, I'll cut that. Not the Barracuda. <laughs> yeah. Anything the else. Wyndham, the Wyndham <laughs> is probably better set up for DFS and fantasy and all the stuff that we always talk about. 
than the Ryder Cup. So what is your like what is your viewing or just what is your yeah. experience of the Ryder Cup? So so this this kind of goes back to the to to what we were talking about earlier where I I think I try to walk the line, right? I love fantasy. I love gambling on golf, but I also yeah. just flat out love golf. Like I just love yeah talking about it. I love being a witness to it. I, I love just being a fan. Um, so I try not to always turn everything into gambling, right? When someone's, someone will ask me, Oh, what do you think about this week? And usually my default answer is, Oh, it's a, you know, Oh, it's a great course, or there's going to be a good. And then there have to be like, Oh, but who, who do you think? Who do you like? yeah, yeah. Who do you actually like? I'm like, okay, that's, that's a different question. So, yeah. um, for me, uh, there's really only been one Ryder cup that I've taken seriously, like, like yeah. 18, you know, in 16, that was five years ago. I was trying to cover a bunch of different sports and I had a full-time job and it was just kind of different. So I've had yeah. really one hardcore Ryder cup viewing experience. And, um, I think it's great. And yeah, I, I try to separate myself out from a lot of the gambling and I look at it as, um, this is an opportunity to, uh, have a, a team format, one that has a, a bitter, a bitter rivalry, one that has great history, one that goes to great golf courses. I just feel like I appreciate the Ryder cup much more than I appreciate, uh, a lot of other events that are happening. Yeah. Have you been to one? No. Oh, I <laughs> mean, it sick. is. I, I've only <laughs> been to one. It was at Hazeltine in, in 2016. And, and and I'm with you a little bit. You know, whenever whenever they played at Medina in 2012, I watched it, but I wasn't covering golf yet. That was right before I kind of got into to CBS Sports. And I just, it, I remember it and it was great, but it was very different than how I feel about it now. And it's, <clears throat> I think it's a little bit of like a year, and this is not, I still cover it as deeply as possible, but it's a, it feels like a little bit of a year end reward. Cause you're just grinding through all these tournaments. And then you're like, ah, oh, the Ryder cup, there's only 24 guys. There's only four matches out on the course at a time, except for Sunday. Right. It, there, there's just less to kind of wrap your arms around. And it's just so much fun. Like I, I can't, yeah. And, and being there is just the, uh, it's a college football game on a golf course. That's not an original take. I've heard other people say that, but that's what it is. And, and that it, it just is like the, if you're a spectator, if you're able to go, it is the coolest sporting. I've covered a Super Bowl, I've covered a final four. I've covered a ton of college football, all these different things. Ryder cup is the, the best. And it's not even really that close for me. That's interesting because I think I, I kind of go back and forth on this being, being there, being a spectator on site, I think it can be difficult when there's so few golfers out there because everyone's following the same thing for guys like me. I can't see anything, but I think that gets outweighed by the vibe, the, the aura, the, the, the competition, everything that's going on, because you really are hinging on, I, I mean, I'm sitting on the couch hinging on every shot, right? I can't imagine what it's like in person yeah you're right though like if i didn't usually for the most part i we have inside the ropes access so that's that, that that's makes the, the experience <laughs> better but but the Ryder cup is the one place and the masters too where because there is no inside the ropes at the masters it's it, those are the places where it's like you know it doesn't really even matter like i remember in 16 we were <clears throat> kind of over the first tee box and you're the the place for the media uh, portion was like the only place where you could be in the stands was at the very back. And it wasn't like you didn't have like your own little 
box there. You were with everybody else and it was hard to see, but, but the, the energy of it was like, this is, this is crazy. Like, it's very different than, you know, when you and I were at Tory and when you can't see there, you're like, oh, this kind of like, I'm glad I went for a day, but for the whole week, this, this isn't the best like viewing experience. The Ryder cup is the one place where that's very different. Okay. So here's, what the plan is and uh <laughs> we can go off script that would not be entirely unusual i am getting rid of steve stricker and i am putting kyle porter in as the captain of the united states team now my plan originally was i was going to pull up the standings i have the standings we were going to kind of lock in the first six guys or so and then you were going to make six, six captains picks and then you texted me in true kyle porter fashion and said do i get six picks or do i get to pick all 12 so not only do you want the picks you want to change the rules here do you want to pick all 12 i'm not against well, picking 12. There, there's going to be a lot of overlap i imagine yeah let's let's um so i because i i think that question matters because i would do it very differently if i got all 12 picks so how can we so? start there yeah how how, there? Well, how would you do it differently well i would have guys that are automatic in the top six that i would not take to whistling okay. straights all right so here we go so uh the way this is actually going to work for the Ryder cup is the top six points leaders get in which is currently right now colin morikawa dustin johnson bryson dechambeau brooks kepka justin thomas xander shoffley uh then steve stricker will have the opportunity to pick six other golfers and they can be anybody but kyle porter you're saying that there is a name on this list or multiple names that you would not have. But before you answer, before we get into that, um, remember you have got to worry about uh, the clubhouse, and you've got to worry about player pairing, right? That's yep. that's part of this. And I got to worry about John Rahm and Rory, and yes, you know those guys, Hovland and those guys. Yeah, Hovland's gonna be a, a monster. Um, so here's my thing, and I think that I think it's easy to forget this over the course of two years, and even more so over the course of three years. The, the the chemistry surrounding the United States has kind of sucked at times over the last, you know, decade, couple of decades. That's not always true. They've had teams that I think have been um, – that had, had a lot of unity. But the Reed stuff in Paris was bad. Yeah. Um, and, and it wasn't just him. There, it, you know, and we talked – we talk a lot about this, especially around Ryder Cup time – the European team is just so much more unified. And I think that goes straight to the top with Rory and the system. And they just like, they just, un they just understand. They, un they understand how it works. They understand how the week works. And the U S just for a thousand reasons does not, or they don't as well. They don't, they don't participate in the entire week as well as the European team does. And the, and the U S talent is so overwhelming that they're going to win some Ryder cups. Like it's just going to happen. But the thing that I kept going back to, as I thought about this is I don't want guys that are going to be clowns. Like you think about, think about this, think about how we talk about the NBA or the NFL. The only way to absorb guys that are for lack of a better term, kind of just, there's a lot of drama surrounding them is yeah. if you have an unbelievable culture yeah. and, or an unbelievable coach yeah. and it's hard to create a culture in a week, right? It's just very difficult to gather guys for a week. The European team, I think, has done it as well as you can do it. And then on the coach part, I don't really trust – I don't think there's a ton of, like, firm leadership from the – I don't think there's enough firm leadership from the top 
that you can absorb some of the some of the drama and the head cases. I just I just don't. And maybe if I'm the captain, which I guess I am, that you are. I I don't trust myself enough, <laughs> and I certainly don't trust some of the people that have been captains to assert themselves in such a way that the guys that are head cases kind of get straightened out for the week and assimilate, and you go out and and perform. So that that's kind of. Does that make sense? Like kind of my reasoning yeah. around that? Well, and I mean, you just look at the results, right? Europe's won seven of nine. And has the American team been favored in every single one of those? Yeah, at least, yeah, eight of them, I think. Right. So something's happening, right? And and you see it. Um, you know, it's 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 a, it's a trope that gets worn out, but like, oh, Poulter shows up in Ryder Cup years or like whatever it is, like they're they're doing a better job at setting aside their own individual um preferences, wanting to play every single session or whatever for the betterment of the team. And they seem to rally around this as underdogs and say this is our chance to to, to whip the Americans and they figure out a way to do it. Yeah, and the, you know, the quote that I always go back to is you never hear Rory and Rom and well, I guess I, I should say Rory and uh, who, who else has been kind of a, a team leader for, for that side over the last 10 years, I guess like Sergio kind of, and Justin yeah. Rose, you don't hear them that week talk about the thing that Phil and Tiger talk about, which is, well, so I couldn't hit so-and-so's ball. You know, the spin on it was terrible. And you're like, yeah. what the hell, man? Like, you're the best player of all time. Like, figure like, figure out what a titleist ball does. It's not that hard. Yeah, you know, and Rory, Rory never says that. And they just go out and do it. And I just, I don't know. That's probably, you know, Rory has probably complained about what ball he's hitting before. And Tiger certainly hasn't at times. But that's just the thing that really sticks out to me that is kind of emblematic of how this has gone over the last couple of decades. So with that being said, <clears throat> there are apparently one or multiple uh, players who are currently locked into, uh, well, the current top six that will not be making Kyle Porter's team. So KP, do you want to tell us who you're omitting or do you just want to start building your roster? I'm just going to build my roster and I've got, I made up pods. Actually. I went Paul, I, I went full Azinger on it and I'm okay. <laughs> up. So, uh, more cow is in. Way in. He's going to be awesome. Uh, DJ is in. Not Are these in the same great. pod or this is just like? No, I'll do, I'll okay. give you pods in a second. Okay. Uh, so more cow is DJ. Bryson's out. Oh, okay. So let's stop there. So Bryson, Bryson's out. Um, and I'm going to put your fix across the bottom here. So more cow Johnson. Bryson is out. Now, Bryson's is out. this? Yeah. Is this because, and I guess we're going to find out in a second, you only want one of Brooks and Bryson, or are they both going to be out because they're both clowns? <laughs> they're both out because they're both clowns. I don't need... So Brooks was actually out first, and then okay. I looked at Bryson's team record, and I looked at his recent play, and I thought about all the drama that always surrounds him, no matter what. And some of that's our fault. We talk about it a ton. A lot of it's his fault. And I wrote about that on CBSSports.com on Monday. He's 0-4-1 uh, in President's Cup and, and Ryder Cup play. Ugh. He's never won. He's got four losses and one tie. He's, he's not been good. And I don't know what the reason is for that, but I just, even if, even if, I just don't, I don't want him. And I don't want Brooks. I don't want to deal with that. It's not worth it. I can get guys that are 80% as good, 85, 90% as good 
and I don't have to deal with the other nonsense. It's it's an interesting concept, right? Because if the Americans uh, have so much talent, which we talk about all the time, what 12 through 20 looks like and who how there are going to be snubs. If there is so much talent in the pool, why would you waste your time on guys that are going to potentially destroy the locker room when we know that's been a big issue? Yeah, I, I mean, yes, totally agree. And it, and it's, you know, it's easy when it works to be like, see, you know, talent wins out. And I think that is generally true. But for this week, it it hasn't been working. It just hasn't. And, you know, if this was 2010 and you're like, well, it didn't work like once or twice, mm-hmm. then fine. Like keep going with what, you know, with the talent thing. But it's we've had t- 20 years of it. And it's just not, it's just not working. And I, I don't, I mean, it's not getting better, right? Like it's not, it's not, the trajectory is not good. So both those guys out of here. Before we move on from both those guys, um, there was, I had a couple of thoughts here. So uh, number one, is there any captain in the world that would have the uh, cojones to leave both of these guys off the roster? Like if if this was actually a thing, 12, like this was actually a, picks. Yes. No, I don't think so. It's just so. It's so. You, you, you're it's trying an opportunity to, to look like a moron. Isn't yeah, it? <laughs> you're trying to mitigate. You're trying to mitigate risk, but but more so like pub, like public facing risk, mm-hmm. right? Where it's it's external risk, where you're like, well, you, you lost by ten. Why didn't you have two of your top four guys? <laughs> Yeah, so I think that's that's the risk that you're trying to mitigate. And no, there's nobody that would leave these two guys off. But hypothetically, you and I can do it on a YouTube video. Right, because we're, there's no chance this ever backfires. <laughs> um, so, okay, then the other thought is this, and we don't need to go down the whole Bryson Brooksy thing, but the uh, I'm over it. I'm, I'm over it. I'm pretty much done with the whole thing. I think it's silly. I think it's terrible. Um but I also thought I also think that it's not going to stop until you get a resolution, which could yeah. be, um, which I thought should have been at the U.S. Open because yeah. there was an excuse to put them together. They could have played together for two rounds. We could have got a resolution, and that would have been the end of it. Now it is just ongoing, and the next natural conclusion point is is here is that the Ryder cup where these guys are both going to be on the same team and they can either hash it out in a in a team meeting or they can have a like i don't know what it looks like but this is the next conclusion to bryson not being called brooksy for the next six years (laughs) it is unless they get paired together in the playoffs or something which you know could happen um i don't so i think it's legitimately affecting bryson and I, this is what this is what I wrote about. Bryson's deepest desire, I think, is to be beloved. And he thought that winning and winning the U.S. Open and all this different stuff would would make him beloved. And because he is not self aware, and because he doesn't have humility, we talked about this a little bit on Sunday on the first cap podcast. Whenever he fails, people celebrate. It's easy right. to celebrate the failure of someone else when that person has propped themselves up as smarter than you, better than you, all these different things. It's just it's a very natural thing for people to celebrate that failure. Brooks just kind of gave justification to all of us or not us, but fans to do so. Right. He, he, mm-hmm. he Brooks was the gateway to like, yeah, this is OK to, to like pile on this guy. And right. now 
when it starts going sideways for Bryson, like it did at the U.S. Open, like it did at Memphis, that gets in his head because people are chanting Brooks's name at him. And it's like, wait a second, why am I not beloved? And it just it snowballs in a way that I don't know that it did before. He's a Bryson's a great player and a good closer. Like he's really good on Sundays and he's been whole, like standard deviations bad over the last couple months. And I just, I think that that whole thing is really, really affecting him. And I don't, I'm with you. I don't know. It almost feels like now that Brooks is the only person that can kind of say, okay, this is over. Right. Yes. But I also feel like, and I know this is uh, what I feel like he can't tweet out a statement that says, Hey guys, I think it's been enough because cause then it looks like his PR manager made him, made him tweet yeah. that or whatever. I think they actually need to like do something together. I don't know what that looks like. I don't know if they need to release a video that says, Hey, we're best buds and this is all good, but just like something needs to happen. And they're going to be in a lot of the same rooms at the Ryder cup, uh, in, in six weeks. Like that feel, if, if they miss out on that opportunity, this Brooksy thing lasts forever. Yeah, and it's like, I think Bryson is sort of realizing this started as like, oh, it's kind of funny and there's some pip stuff and tweets. And now it's like legitimately affecting his career. And not just for a month, for like potentially multiple years. So that's a really, really fascinating kind of subplot, not just to the Ryder Cup, but to professional golf in general. Well, it's not a subplot for your team because they're both gone. So Brooks and Bryson (laughs) out. Somebody else can, yeah, somebody else can deal with that. Somebody else's problem. Colin Morikawa and Dustin Johnson is where you have started your team. Where are you going next? So I got JT. JT's a basically, I mean, he's been unreal at team events. His record over the last President's Cup and Ryder Cup is seven, two, and one. Wow. So he's just, he's awesome. Uh, Xander is in. And then you step outside of the top six. Um, so right now we got Morikawa, DJ, JT, Thomas. Xander. Yes. And so then those, s- those would all be those would all be automatic if it ended right now. Automatic uh, picks, and then we are going into guys that are technically on the outside looking in in the real Ryder Cup standings. Yeah. Yeah. So Spieth is in. Yeah. Obviously. <laughs> Lock. Uh, Harris English is in. I. I I think it's easy to look at Sunday and say, oh, you know, that's imagine that at Whistling Straits against, you know, Fleetwood or is Fleetwood going to be on the scene? Uh, I was just looking at this. I think he is. So they do it differently. But yeah, he's second in um, what they call European points. Yes. So they're they're like four automatics right now are Rom, Fleetwood, Hatton, Rory. But they do it a little bit differently, I think. But that's the four that are. Okay, cool. Um so back to, to English, he, he's, I mean, you and I have talked about this a ton, but he's just, he's been really good this year. And I, I think that, I think it, like, if what happens on Sunday happens again at the BMW, okay, we can have a conversation, but I, I just, I can't get super worked up about a weird round with the drama that was surrounding Bryson on the clock. Like, I, I, that's just whatever. I, I'm writing that off. Me too. He made it pretty. I mean, I I guess I probably would have said the same thing, but being on the clock and rushing uh, certainly did not go well for Harris English. So here's Kyle's team. As of right now, we've got six in, we've got six left. We've got Morikawa, Dustin Johnson, Justin Thomas, Xander Shoffley, Jordan Spieth, Harris English. And because we've skipped out on Brooks and Bryson, we're got to, we got to live down kind of in this range here. So I assume Patrick Reed is on this team. Reed's out. 
Reed's get out. Him out. Get him out of here. I don't need. I don't need it. I don't want it. Wow. I I want a I want a team that is galvanized. He is the opposite of that. I mean, think about Paris. It was a disaster. Yeah. And he threw he threw gasoline on it at the very end. You know, and and that's you don't just get to walk around doing that and then expect to not have at least not on my team anyway yeah not to go full like get off my lawn but i i just i don't i don't need it i don't want okay. it and hey, he's, this he's this not your he's team, listen he's two and five and is in the last uh rider cup and pre- the last two of rider cup and president's cup it's not like i'm losing jt yeah. Yeah, you're not losing yet. Seven and zero or eight and zero or whatever. Okay. Yeah. All right. So Reed out. So where where are we going next? Okay. So Burger's in. Okay. Love straight Burger. straight vibing all the way to Whistling Straits. Yeah, he's he's basically Brooks without the drama, and he's also like uh, I think probably a better Harris English. I don't know. They're they're both very well rounded, which I think is really valuable in a team setting where you're going to be playing alternate shot. You're going to be like, there's just a lot going on. And I think guys, not that they're in the running, but guys like cam champ or Bubba Watson scare me because they lean on one thing and you don't get that for half of the, like these guys being so well-rounded is good. When you start pair, they're, they're, they're insanely parable with anybody else. Yeah. Burger burgers for game is, is uh, really good. Uh, So burgers in Cantlay's in Cantlay's nasty. He's, he's, yeah, he's a nightmare to play against. He's also like he's actually a nightmare to play against in the fact that uh he kind of plays slow and he's like this quiet assassin and he just plays well. Like it would be it would be very annoying to play against Patrick Cantlay. It well he he plays slow and then he'll hit it to like four and a half feet. And you're right. like, well, this just this is the worst. Like, <laughs> or he'll do not- the toe tap on a 25 foot putt for 15 minutes and then he'll make it. And you're like, this is terrible. Yeah. Not only am I getting my ass kicked, but it's gonna take seven hours for it to happen. <laughs> All right, so that's three, four, five, six, seven, eight. Uh Morikawa, DJ JT, Xander Spieth, English, Burger can't lay notable omissions, Brooks Kepka, Bryson DeChambeau, Patrick Reed. Let's continue to build, Captain. Okay, so Finau's in. Oh, okay. He has not been People playing well have, recently. No, he hasn't, but he, he's been, he was, he's got, this is not good justification for the Ryder Cup, but he's finished in the top 20 at the last two majors, uh, two of the last three. So PGA and Open Championship. He's playing better. And he, remember, he was the one that baptized Finau or uh, baptized Fleetwood on yes. Sunday in Paris, just he destroyed him. So he, again, like I want to, I want a galvanized team. Are these the 12 best guys on, on the U S side? No, but again, that's not working. It, it's just, it's just not. So Finau is very parable, very like, you know, he'll, he'll be, he's, he's way in on a galvan, like a, a team that has unity. I, I don't, yeah. I don't have to all, all pulling in the him. same direction, all with yeah. a common goal. Okay. I want so guys to- that I can trust and I can trust Tony Finau. Tony Finau makes the team. So uh, Tony Finau in the current Ryder Cup standings is number 12. So now we are going into the range of golfers that would be on the outside of the outside because if you took the six automatic and for whatever reason, if Steve Stricker just picked the next six guys in the rankings, we're now outside of that. Now, this is where things start to get really, really interesting. And KP, this is your team. Yeah, so Webb is in 
and and his profile is a little bit similar to Finau's. He hasn't really been that great this year, but he's got some good experience. He's, you know, his record over the last Presidents Cup and Ryder Cup is three and four. It's not, it's not great. You know, half the time it felt like he was just they were throwing him with whoever was having a bad week or was, you know, I think it's been referred to as babysitting, which is probably <laughs> unfair to everybody, including him. But he, you know, he, he beat, um, he beat Justin Rose on Sunday in Paris. And it, again, you're going back three years ago. That's not super meaningful, but he's somebody I can trust. Like I want guys that I'm like, I know, I know I can trust this guy and we might not win, but at least it's going to be, Every like you said, everybody going in the same direction. Webb Simpson, Tony Finau, all pulling in the same direction. They're 12 and 13 in the current Ryder Cup standings. Kyle, you have one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine, ten. You have two picks left. Two so picks this, left. This is where it got tough. I almost went back to Bryson here, and then I was like, I can't. I <laughs> you can't almost do just it. like <laughs> yeah. didn't complete the bit or didn't yeah. like complete the process. <laughs> <laughs> so this was very difficult because I think you can make really good cases for basically anybody through 20, really 25, honestly, based on my criteria. Like okay. through Wolf, I guess. Not not really, but um, yeah, you don't need to go down. This I was going to say, I, I was just curious at that point. I saw Mav <laughs> McNeely and I wanted to keep going. Okay. Yeah. Uh, this is, this is the range we're looking at. <laughs> so I, I had to, I basically was picking two of the guys scroll up just a little bit. Two of the guys from 14 to 20. There is kind of what I settled on. And the first one I went with is Scotty Shuffler. Mm, I thought he, I thought he would make an appearance here. I like this. This is cool. Also, this what I a- also think is, and again, uh, it's not necessarily your job to care what happens in four years, but I think, I think getting some young blood, getting the guys that are going to potentially be on the team for a long time or be adjacent to the team for a long time, both here at the president's cup. Uh, I think that's, that's part of the process in creating a really good, uh, constant culture. Yep. And that was, that was what kind of tipped the scales for me because I was, I, it was really equal between all these guys through 20. And, and, and to me, it was about what you just said. I think, I mean, listen, you can make a case for Jason Kokrak. You can make a, a case for Billy Horschel, Horschel, notably that he basically tried to, you know, he, he got under Rory's skin at the uh, Walker Cup back in 2007 or whatever that was. They still, everybody still talks about that. Rory screaming at him, Horschel doing Horschel stuff. Uh, so yeah, there, you know, you can make a case for all these guys. But my last pick, hold on, hold on. So here we go. So Kyle Porter's last pick, and I imagine it is coming down to. So if we're in this in this range, it is either. Yeah, I want you to guess. Uh, okay, so Kokrak, Horschel, uh, Burns. Mickelson, Homa, Zalatoris is kind of the range. Um, if if you made me guess, uh, I think it's Zalatoris. That's a good guess. It came down to Homa, Kokrak, Zalatoris, and I went with I went with Max Homa. Okay. And I felt I would have felt better about that pick if it was May. He hasn't been. He was awesome in the spring. Like yes. Riviera aside, he was just <laughs> he was one of the twelve best guys, I, I think, at least Americans. 
it hasn't gone that great through the summer, at least by his spring standards. But again, like I just, I can trust that he is all in. I can trust, oh, for sure. you know, for him or, or Zalatoris. And Zalatoris was more the, hey, this is kind of the future, although he's not that, I don't think he's that much younger than the Max Homa. But to me, Homa had just done more this year and kind of shown me more. So I ended up going with Homa. I, I don't I don't mind that one bit. Did you at all consider Phil Mickelson for this team? No, no. Okay, no. Good. That's the right answer. <laughs> I, it, it's it, there's not a I don't know what the what the path is. I mean, what what's you know if the if the argument is like, hey, what we've been doing hasn't been working, then the, the, <laughs> you can't put Phil on the team. There's no there's no spot like the PGA was awesome, my favorite week of this year, but that doesn't you know that happening doesn't mean you should you should be on the Ryder cup team yeah and it starts to look more and more like the like an outlier the further away we get from it and i don't think he's all that parable so now we've got okay so here's the team colin morikawa dustin johnson justin thomas xander shoffley jordan spieth harris english daniel berger patrick cantlay tony finau webb simpson scotty scheffler max homa um who are your who are your leaders on this team? Who do you expect to be the 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 vocal leader in the locker room, getting the troops ready to go? Um, I have one in mind. I think it's JT and Spieth. I think it's ha- their has team. to be JT Spieth. Certainly there. It's their team, right? Morikawa because this will be his first. DJ's not going to do the rah rah stuff. Uh, JT's one of the best players in the world and has the experience. Speed can rally the troops. Th- those are definitely the guys. Yeah, because you you could look at you could look at a Xander or a. F- I think it's JT and Speed. I think Webb is is kind of a uh, like a glue there. He's I don't think he's going to be the the JT type, but he's somebody that everybody can lean on. You know, he's, he's a good like English, calming presence and stuff too. Yeah. Like just relax. It's, there's a lot of golf to be played. We're going to be when, fine. When, when Harris English <laughs> can't pick up his three wood on the first tee, Webb yeah. can be like, Hey, you're, you're okay. You know, like he, I just, I trust him in that role. So do you want to, can I, can I give you my pods? Yeah. So what is, so the pods are these, are these guys that you're, that you want to, to play together? What, what is the criteria of these pods? Yeah. So the, the Paul Azinger theory was like, Hey, we've got, I think it was three pods of four guys and you're like, this is your mini team. These are the guys that you're spending time with. You're playing practice rounds with, you're going to be paired together and like, just take care of one another essentially. And I didn't, I don't think I broke it up the way that he did, but I did break it up where not only are like these, the guys that I want hanging out together, but I also want them paired together as well. Okay. Let's go. My first one. one. Yeah. My first one is, so this will be at four. So the first two will be playing together at least initially, and the next two will be playing together. And you could, uh, you know, mix and match that over the course of the week. But I, I really like the the first, like the initial two, like the initial setup. Right. So uh, JT Spieth is, is my first two. So, and then the other part of that pod is Max Homa and Patrick Cantlay. And Ooh. what I did was I, I, you know, the, the, everybody talks about the Xander Cantley thing. They played together at uh, at Royal Melbourne. I, I didn't love it because it, it felt like the energy was kind of low. So I split Xander away yeah, from... Those two barely have a pulse. Now. I know. I know. It's just like, guys, this is... We can have fun here, you know? Uh, so I split Xander away from Cantley and I put Homa in because I know I'm getting, like, a ton of energy out of, uh, out of Max Homa. 
yeah. especially at a Ryder Cup. And I also like that you bring Homa into this pod of, uh, you know, JT Speed, the more experienced guys in this situation. It's a nice, it's a nice bridge for him, and he gets to be an active part of that pod. So pod number one, JT Speed, which. I, I love, uh, and then yep. Cantlay and Homa rounding out pod number one. And of course you're going to be flexible as a captain. We'll see how these go shake out, but that would be, each of those would be the starting, the starting pairs. Yep. Okay. Yeah. And those guys play a ton of practice rounds together. It's not, it, it, this would not be weird for them to be, you know, in a pod together. And Cantlay, uh, Cantlay's a California guy, right? Yeah. So you get the Cantlay, Homa, California guys. This that that's a well. That's per, great pot. Great pot. Yep. Okay. So number two, this one it, that was the probably the one that fit together the best. This one's a little bit weirder, but I'm going uh, DJ and Webb. Okay. In in pod two, hmm. uh, and then Colin Markawa and Xander. So I. I didn't realize that Morikawa and Xander were as close as they were until they talked about it at the Olympics. And so that was an easy way to split Xander away from Cantlay to put it to, to stick him with, with Morikawa. And then DJ Webb, it, it just, you know, it, it, the, the, the thing I had a lot of trouble with with these next two pods is there's not a lot of high energy guys. I think, I mean, yeah. obviously you're not getting much out of DJ. I think Webb w- would be more so than him. So that's kind of how I looked at their pairing. And, um, they just, they, they have, I think they have statistical profiles that kind of, kind of fit together. They're, they're certainly, uh, more complimentary because, uh, once yeah. they walk off the tee box, Simpson's, you know, one of the better players on, on tour. Um, yeah, the Xander, the Xander Morikawa thing is really interesting. They're, they're both the Vegas guys. I do think they, they spend more time together than they lead on. Also, um, Morikawa to me is probably the most interesting guy in this whole thing for me because he is simultaneously uh he might be the best best player here but it's going to be his first Ryder cup but i think we're going to we're going to ask great results from him but he's going to be a rookie which i think is a really interesting dynamic and i wonder like I, to me he's the x factor like he I, well, I would not be surprised to see him win every single match and i wouldn't be surprised to see him lose every single match quite honestly i just think and he's the x factor that's a little bit of why i have him in this pot is because if 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 he's out of his mind after the first match you can put him with webb and just be like just just chill like just you know i and i don't think he will be I neither do i yeah. i think he's gonna be awesome um or you can stick him with dj and xander who are just flatlining anyway and it, there, there's just not a lot of like i don't i don't know if i need more cow out there with jt on the first match like just, you know <laughs> that seems like, like going, a bit going, much like, <laughs> jt going crazy and jt found his chest and have, loving me some me and all that stuff i, and, I need more cow just doing more cow stuff which is just flushing everything he looks at and yeah. uh yeah i I really, I think him and Xander together would be great. So that's Morikawa and Xander, DJ and Simpson, which leaves us with four. The four are English Burger, Finau, Scheffler. So you've got to yep. find a way to put those two or those four into into two groups to start. Yeah. So I went with, and again, I I love the idea of having one guy that gets jacked up and one guy that's pretty you know steady. So I went Finau and. And this got a little hard because none of these guys are super, you know, animated. I went Finau Burger, and then I went Harris English and and Scotty Scheffler. 
I think, that's and right. I think that I think English, you know, his his short game, his putting specifically, I think would would help carry the Scheffler pairing, and then Finau and Berger. Um, I don't remember. I guess I view Berger as the guy that's going to be animated, although. I don't know. I don't know if either of those guys. Little, gets super, he gets a little pumped, up. but not not crazy. I just I want to see him on a Ryder Cup team. I I, so. I really do. I think that you know he's done the Presidents Cup team. It was it was he's just a like I wouldn't want to face him either. Man, if I'm if I'm Shane Lowry, like I do not. I'd rather see DJ than Daniel Berger. Honestly, I, I think Berger is. Um, I think he's the perfect teammate. I think he's great in this format. I think there's a lot of positives for him in a team event like this. I'm I'm super stoked for it. I mean, I hope he where is he? He's in the actual Ryder Cup standings, he's 10th. So I I imagine he's gonna be there, right? Yeah. Yeah. He's gotta be. So so your biggest so your biggest snubs, which we we the, I don't want to call them snubs because they were uh planned and strategized, were were Bryson Brooks and Reed. But outside of that. Who was your la- who was your last man out? I guess is is what it would be. Was it Zalatoris? Was it Kokrak? Was it who was it? It was it was. I think it was Zalatoris, and and it's hard for me because some of this is just like, well, I'm the captain, so I can do do what I want, but. Yeah. Some of this is just who I would want to see on there, and and I and I love the idea of Zalatoris on there. I don't know if he would be better than Kokrak, and I think Kokrak has earned, or Kokrak's just been better than Zalatoris this year. But I I think Zalatoris would have been my pick. It, it for me it came down to to Will Zalatoris and Max Homa, and Max Homa gets the nod. Yeah, it's it's you know we we're not kidding when we say there's a lot of depth here because we were able to make this team which looks great without Bryson Brooks or Patrick Reed on it. Like the, the yeah. depth of this is, is, is bonkers. Yeah. It's, it's crazy. And if you look at, you know, I don't know who's ranked 19 on the European side, but it's probably, I'm, I'm going to regret saying this because it's, it, it. <laughs> it's probably somebody great, but I bet it's not somebody that's the caliber of a, of a Zalatoris or a, you know, six time major winner and Phil, it's, it's he's only uh, a one-time major winner. It's Justin Rose. Of course, it's Justin Rose. <laughs> but your well, point, I mean, Justin Rose hasn't been good. Like, let's be real, at, he hasn't been good. And look at who's ahead of him. Richard Bland. Yeah, Matthias Schwab, Danny Willis. Yeah, it's not Thomas Dietrich. Thomas Dietrich, Guido. I mean, Victor Perez. It's fine, but it's not. it's just not as deep as the U.S. side. So... I don't know. I'm kind of playing the European game of like, hey, let's get a, let's get it, let's try at least to get a unified team and not just, you know, statistically the 12 best guys and see if we can see if we can match this. Well, it's works. It's works good for them. So I think that you are on the right track. Do you have any deal with? So I'm, I was trying to look at this. Um, if you want that cohesion. If you want the culture, and 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 one of your examples was that it comes from a coach, usually. Why don't we have the same captain more often, right? Davis Love the Third did in 2012 and 2016, but outside of that, I mean, we basically roll through a new captain every single time. So kind of like the USA basketball model of having Popovich. Pop. Yeah, just have Pop. Or Coach K, I guess, was it for a long time. Yeah. Now, yeah, I don't know who that guy is. I don't know who that guy is, but if you found that guy, 
wouldn't that be a huge step in the path of culture? I think that, and then well, sorry, sorry, you're sorry. I'm asking the no, questions and I'm answering them, but also then. So no one is going to leave, and these are extreme examples. No one's going to leave Brooks and Bryson off, and no one's going to re- leave Patrick Reed off or whatever because they don't want to look like a fool. But if you, because they're only doing it once, and you don't want to have a situation where your 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 year you blew it. But if you knew you were three, four, five, you got five cracks at this or whatever, you might take some steps like trying to create a more cohesive team because you know you're going to get multiple chances or you've already won two in a row or something. You know what I mean? Like there's a little bit more wiggle room there. It's a great point. I think the counter argument is like, well, that's not how Europe does it, right? Europe kind of does it the way that the U.S. is doing it now, which here's the captain. Here's the four guys that are going to eventually be captain. They're the they're the vice captains. And that's sort of what the U.S. has tried to recreate there, and it's worked really well for Europe. I, I do. I think you're right, though. I think in a, per, I think in a like an ideal situation that you that it's it is a, um, and maybe they don't do it often enough for it to be like a. Uh, although you do it on the on the Presidents Cup side, if you if you factor that in, you do it every single year, right? And I realize those are. Um, those are different organizations. One's the PGA tour. One's the PGA of America. So you're not going to have all the same players in terms of like, who's, who's in charge of everything. But I think having a, Hey, this is our system. These are the people. And maybe we replace somebody once every six years or whatever. The problem is you got to get the right people. That's right. Because if you, (laughs) if you don't, then not only does it become stale, it becomes stale with, with, you know, Tom Watson at the top or whatever. I think, I think honestly, like this is, this is going to sound, I think Tiger would be awesome. I think Tiger would be, um, yeah, unrelenting. I think so. So even, uh, for the president's cup, right. I mean, there was, there was a rally. Uh, there was, there's always a rally around Tiger. We want to play for Tiger. We want to be in Tiger's locker room. And I also think Tiger does like he could he could have a different team than other people because he doesn't care right like he, what does tiger woods have to prove to literally anyone he could he could be the captain of the president's cup six times in a row lose every single one and no one would care yeah right? although i th- i think that he uh i don't know he's he's not like even the way he plays is pretty conservative, right? He's not like a huge risk taker. So I think if if you're going to counter that, that's kind of what you would say of like, well, and, and you know, he didn't take a ton of risks with the President's Cup team or, right. or anything like that. And he kind of, I think he loves guys like Reed and like just these outlier kind of oh, for sure. weird guys. So I don't, I don't know that he would actually do that much that would, that would be different. Do you, I mean, who, who, who's somebody else that you would throw in there as a, as a coach K or pop type guy? I mean, I like how, how would Phil be at this? I think just like he is at everything else, just it, it, a it would, sociopath. It would turn into a circus and he would, uh, yeah. he would tweet out or he would be like drinking wine on Instagram late one night and like accidentally slip about who he's going to pick in well, advance. I, and like, <laughs> I almost wonder if you need if you and maybe this um 
Like I, I don't know. Like the if if you're if you're taking like the Popovich model and saying, I, I don't know that there's anybody in golf that ha- that demands the respect that Popovich does from players, right? right? I think there's a lot of even in the NBA, there's a lot of other coaches that players would be like, well, whatever. Like I'm, I I know more than him. I'm more powerful than him, and it's very rare to have that kind of respect for for a, a, a guy. I think that's Tiger in the in U.S. circles. I don't know that there's anybody else, but I also don't know that Tiger would be best suited for that. I, I think him having some role in it, and I've been making this case for the last like six years, is really meaningful because those guys revere him. They will yes. do anything he says, and he is and he's he gets really into it in a meaningful way. Like he's not just. Tiger's not going out there so he can get the the Ryder Cup gear and just like make an appearance. He he he's like into it, and I don't know if that makes you the best choice to be like a long term captain, but I think he's the most interesting, especially with the fact that we don't know what his career is going to look like playing wise for the next ten years. Yeah, the real answer is you let a computer make the picks and the pairings and you stick Tiger in the locker room and just say, have at it, boys. Let's go have some fun. <laughs> Let's go. Go win one for Tiger. That's that's the real answer. That's how you make the best team. Uh, Do you like the idea of Tiger-Phil comboing like a team in the future? Uh, I don't know. I think I... I I think they're too. I think I think Tiger wants control, right? And he wants to make the decisions. And Phil is a larger than life personality that <laughs> would inject himself into a lot. I just think well, Phil here, being here's... Phil being co anything with anyone, I'm not sure is a recipe for success. That's a, it's a great point, but I do think that there's a scenario in which. Tiger says, let me make the teams and set this up. You go do anything else. Yes. And so you, you have a, a, like, and Phil has the ability, Tiger doesn't want to deal with us and media, you know, whatever, like throughout the week. And Phil does like Phil wants to roll out there and hold court and just be Phil. And, and I, and it don't like their, their skills, not as golfers, but as people actually, I think work really well together in that setting because Phil doesn't, I don't think he wants to get deep on like, you know, what's Will Zalatoris's strokes gain around the green on Bermuda or whatever. Right. And, and so I, I almost, I don't know if their egos would allow them to be close enough to, to kind of be unified, but I think from a skill set, skill set standpoint, it actually would work really well. Yeah, that's pretty interesting. I, I I don't know if they would ever agree to it, but if if they were thrown into that scenario, it would be it would be fun. Let Tiger do the behind the scenes stuff. Let Phil do everything in front of the camera. <laughs> I just think I think the really hard part about all of this, and this is this is not just a U.S. problem; it's a European problem as well. Like the the, the Setting in which Jordan Spieth has known Jim Furyk or Davis Love for the last mm. ten years is as a mentor, a friend, a playing partner, a colleague, and then all of a sudden for this week he's like your boss, kind mm. of. That's re- that's hard, and I think that the European side, their egos, they check them at the door and say, uh, "You're my boss." And I know that's not how I know hmm. Thomas Bourne, like that's not what you've been for the last 10 years. And um, 
but that's what you are this week. And it almost takes the player saying that rather than an authoritarian figure being like, Hey, I'm your boss. And bro, you know, that Brooks, what is Brooks saying to that? What is DJ saying to that? It, the, it, it has to come, I think from the most powerful people in the room, which at this point in their careers is the, are the guys that are actually playing. Are the Does that make right. sense? Yeah, no, it's pretty interesting. And I've never looked at it that way, but yeah, the dynamic that that flips for just that week uh, or I guess leading up to it is probably weird for a lot of these guys. And yeah. the Euros do a much better job than, than the Americans do at figuring it out and, quickly. And that almost has to come from like a Spieth JT, you know, the guys that are on the team that are the, that are like the guys. Yeah. And the problem is, and here's the problem. Like the Euros, Rory, Rom, they have no problem doing that. Brooks, Bryson, uh, Reed, those guys, I think they kind of do have a problem with it. And that just engenders chaos like we've seen over the last 10 years. Yeah, they don't they don't necessarily fall in line, which is yeah. tough. KP, you, this is your show. You're the captain. Anything else before uh, before we get out of here? We've assembled your team. We've got your pods. I think we're set up for a, a good one. And the good news is we will never get to see. So I'll give you the win right now. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I want I want uh, I want pro am pins on every hole like Justin Rose complained about in 2016. And yeah, th- this is fun. I love talking about the Ryder Cup from from every single angle and. Uh, yeah, this will never happen. So we we just had some fun. Hopefully, hopefully people enjoy it too. It's just, you know, we talk so seriously about like, you know, getting deep on statistical stuff and like, oh, this is my prediction. It's fun just to like talk hypothetically and theorize and all that stuff. And this is really the one week where it's like, just throw your stats out the window. Like, let's just pick 12 guys and throw, throw them up against your 12 guys and, and see what happens. So it's all good. And, and people love the Ryder Cup. Yeah, that's that explains the Ryder Cup careers of Sergio and Ian, Pol- <laughs> Ian Poulter. You know, like that's exactly. that's what it is. So I, I can't wait. It's going gonna, it's gonna to be a ton of fun. That's Kyle Porter. You can follow him on Twitter at Kyle Porter CBS, uh, and you can hear him on the first cut seemingly multiple times a week. And we do this exact same thing. And it's a lot of fun. KP, thank you very much. I will talk to you soon. This has been uh, 300 yards to unknown. And we'll catch you next time.